Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. What an amazing song of victory, huh? Yeah, that's right. But the truth, the truth of what God has done for us in Christ. Well, I want to start off today with telling you how not to experience that. <laughs> how to uh, live your Christian life in such a way that it's like, ah, oh, it's lousy. It's miserable. Um, it isn't all of what God intended, but it might be what you're experiencing. And so here's how you do that. You need to view your life as though you are completely on your own. And it's all up to you. That's a recipe for being defeated. That's a recipe for being discouraged, for being overwhelmed, for being, feeling like you're in a hole so deep you could never get out. You're on your own. And it's all up to you. You have the responsibility, but you realize that you don't have the ability. That's a terrible place to be. Now, hopefully you aren't feeling that way as a result of the last three sermons. Okay? And it probably wouldn't be that desperate, but there is this reality. I mean, we're in this series, The Macedonian Principles, talking about becoming generous people. And let's just take a quick look at that definition again of being generous, what that is. It's being ready and willing to give freely more than is required. It's money, time, heart, energy, resources, whatever you have, and giving it freely, giving not just what's required, but beyond that, and you want to do that. And so we've seen three principles so far here in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. The first one is the principle of the first gift. You've got to give yourself away first. Give yourself to the Lord. We surrender to the Lord, right? By the way, everything in the Christian life starts here. And by the way, the Christian life isn't going to work for you. And I don't, that, that can sound strange. But I mean, it isn't going to be what God intends for it to be if you don't start off surrendered to the Lord. Okay, so being surrendered. Second principle is the principle of the first blessing. And that's that we benefit first. From our giving. And so this is about seeing the world the way God says it is, and that when I do what He tells me to do, it's always going to be for my good. No matter what it looks like from a human perspective, okay? And then last week we looked at this, this third principle, the principle of the heart, that generosity is not fo- about following rules, it's about following your heart. And I told you how much God wants you to give. Remember, we talked about the question, how much? And if, I don't know if you remember the answer. The answer is, you know, you go to God about that and, and talk to him and pray and search the word. And, and what's in your heart? If you and God, what ends up in your heart? Give that. Now, I know that, that as Christians, the, the desires, the deepest desires of our hearts is that we want to be generous. And so when I start telling you, you know, go into your heart before God and what, what do you want to give? Give that. You might go, wait a minute. <laughs> What's in my heart to give? I don't see any way in the world that I could ever give. Right? And so this question goes from how much, which we talked about last week, to how can I? How in the world can I? 
And what I want you to see today, we're going to start right off where we get to the scriptures, and that's that if you approach this idea, okay, I want to be generous, it's in my heart to be generous, I want to give, and I want to give in this way that if you view yourself as being on your own here, and that it's all up to you, you are going to be overwhelmed and probably defeated and discouraged, all of those things we already talked about. So let's take our Bibles and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. If you don't have a Bible with you today, there's, there's Bibles under the chairs in front of you, and we encourage you to uh, pick up one of those and turn to page 1,332. 1,332 in the Bible that's under the chairs there. So we looked in chapter 8, and the, the first part was this about giving yourself to the Lord so that you can then figure out what else you're supposed to give. And then the idea of when we give, God does something in our lives. And last week we did, we talked about the heart. Let's, look, let's read verse 7. This is where we ended up. You had the question, how much am I supposed to give? He says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So that's the idea. You and God, you purpose in your heart. Uh, you ask God to put his desires in your heart, and then you give that way. Not because you have to, but freely. Because you want to, because you are a generous person who is becoming more generous. Uh, by the way, uh, you know, I don't know if you, you saw it or not. Some of you probably did. But uh, we mentioned last week that there's a lot more the Bible says about giving. And the question, how does it fit in with this? And so uh, I did put together a video this past week that we posted on our Facebook uh, events and announcements page. I encourage you to watch that. Uh, it's a little bit on the long side. It shouldn't surprise you. The preacher put it together. But it's, it's, really, it's a little less than half of what my, one of my typical sermons are. So but I encourage you to go listen to it because it'll help you to, as you say, you know, God, what do you want me to give? And teach you some things that the word has to say about that. But let's, you know, we say, how in the world can I possibly give like that? Verse number eight it says, and God is what? Those three words, God is able. Those are transformative words when we let them soak in. They really, really are. I, I remember way back uh, early years of being the pastor and feeling overwhelmed about a lot of things, challenges as the pastor, challenges in my personal life, and you add those two together, it gets really hard sometimes. And um, went to a conference, not just for preachers, but for Christian, Christian men, and, and walked in and actually got there a little late, which I hate doing. <laughs> but they were singing this song, He is able. He's able to do what concerns me today. As so we start off our worship that way today, right? What's concerning you today? What's on your heart? God is able to do whatever needs to be done in your life. Now, we need to understand that you and I are not able. Now, one of the worst things you can have is responsibility, but without the ability, right? You're going to be held accountable, but you don't have any way to get it done. That is a terrible place to be. But here's the truth. So God has entrusted us with responsibility, and even though we aren't able, he is able to work and to do in our lives so we can be faithful 
in those responsibilities. It's a life-changing verse. So we could preach a whole sermon on that. Let's just get back to what we're looking at here. So how much, how much am I supposed to give? Really? What's in my heart? How in the world can I do that? Verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he is dispersed abroad, he is given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. That's a quote from Psalm 112 about the righteous man, the righteous woman. Verse 10, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God, for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. While through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men, your generous sharing with them. And by their prayer for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So we see here in this passage um, the fourth principle. The fourth principle, and that's this. The principle of provision. God enables generous people to be generous. Okay, yeah. <laughs> now, we said the idea, right, that deep down in the heart of a Christian, that we want to be generous because we want to be like Jesus. Jesus is generous uh, beyond our ability to really understand. We want to be generous, okay? We can purpose in our heart to be generous. Well, how are we going to do that? Well, God is going to enable us to do what he puts in our hearts to do. That's very, very powerful, very important. God will enable generous people to be generous. And so as I said, back here in verse 8, let's go back and work our way through these again. God is able. And God is able. Uh, it certainly applies way beyond our giving. Right? God is able to uh, work in my life to help me overcome this pattern of thinking that works against me. Or works against you. We get stuck someplace. Sometimes. God is able to work in my life. And there's this emotional memories that things trigger it. And I, I don't understand why I'm feeling the way I do. And how do I? So God is able to deal with those things. God is able, when you look at that relationship, maybe your marriage or your children or whatever, and say, how in the world? I can't see any way that I can make it another day or know what to do. It's all going to fall apart, whatever. God is able to get you uh, to where you need to be there. And, and certainly when it comes to our giving and being generous. Because like I said, I, I just think if you really go before God and say, okay, God, what do you want me to give? These are the needs I know about, but even before that, I want to give to you. I want to be generous with you and with your work. And, and then as you lead me, God, what do you want me to give? And and And... By the way, this is not where you're sitting down saying, okay, let me pull out my bank statements and, and let me, my budget, see what I can afford to give. That's not what we're talking about here. I mean, there is a time and place, I mean, if you looked at that plan we had for giving, where you're going to do that. But when we're starting off wanting to be generous with the Lord and His work, we don't do that. It isn't, what can I afford? Okay, no, it's God, what would you want me to give? 
What are you putting in my heart to give? And uh, God is, so let me say, let me just give you this. So you get this figure and you say, whoa, I, and I don't know about that. Nothing in the world wrong with that point. Saying, okay, God, here's my, let me look at this. I don't see how in the world I can do this. Am I getting this right? You know, and maybe as you pray and talk about it, you'll adjust it. That's okay. But we want to start with our hearts before God. And when we arrive at that conclusion, here's what he wants me to give. And that's what I want to give. All right? That God is able to enable you to give that way. Let's look at the verse here. Verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. By the way, it's God's grace that comes into our lives and enables us. God's grace creates a desire in us to do what we're supposed to do. And God's grace enables us to do what he wants us to do. So he's able to make all grace abound towards you. And here's what he means. He says that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Having all sufficiency in all things. So God is able first and foremost, to meet your needs. He's able to meet your needs. That's what it says here, right? You having all sufficiency, you have enough for all the things in your life. Now, sometimes because of the way we've lived and where we're coming from in life, we think there are things in our lives that are needs that aren't needs, okay? And so we need to be open to that, that maybe something is adjusted. In fact, if God has not provided something that you think you need, guess what? You don't need it yet. All right? Okay. So uh, he's all sufficiency. Now, something else I want you to see here. So he'll provide you having all sufficiency in all things. Why? So that you may have an abundance for every good work. Why does God promise to meet our needs? Is it just because he likes us? Well, he does. He loves us, right? He's proven that. But it's more than that. He meets our needs so that we can do what he wants us to do. So as it says, he's going to provide sufficiency, all your needs, so that you may have an abundance to do what he wants you to do. All right? So that's important for us to understand it, that God is going to meet my needs so that I can do what he wants me to do. Not so I can just chill out and kick my feet up and have a great time. Though it's okay to do that, right? But it's more than that. It's so that I will have uh, what I need to do the things that he wants me to do. And so some other passages of Scripture help us to, to think about this. Matthew 6.33 Jesus told his disciples, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what? All these things. In the passage, he's talking about your food, your shelter, your clothing, the needs you have in life. But he, he makes it so clear here. Seek first what? The food you need to eat? The place you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And see, so this goes back again to saying to God, okay, God, I want to be generous, generous giver the way you teach me in the scriptures. I want to you know, apply the principles in your word and I want to give. What do you want me to give, Lord? What, what are you putting in my heart to give? And then determine to do it. Make a plan to do it. You are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when you do that, what does God promise to do? All these things that you need will be added to you because he wants you to be able to do what he has for you to do. 
Okay? Uh, in Philippians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul is talking to uh, believers who had contributed to his ministry, sent money to, to further the mission's work, and he says to them, and my God shall supply all your what? Need, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And he's saying this to people who are trying to do what God wants them to do. You determine in your heart that I'm, going to, I'm giving my life to do what God wants me to do. I'm, I'm surrendering, and every time I realize I'm not surrendered, I'm working at surrendering again. I'm keeping after this, being yielded to the Lord. God will provide your needs. Um, I'll be honest with you, I think living in America, that we probably need a whole lot less than we think we do. You know, I know from my wife and I, in Bible college, God took us through a time of really, I'm sure we were under the poverty level, but to show us that, first of all, that we probably didn't need everything we might have thought, but secondly, that he will meet our needs. And he did, and he has. And then David in Psalms 37, he says this, he says, I have been young and now I'm old. See, I can say that now. I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. In other words, God does what? God meets the needs. When we're surrendered, wanting to do what he wants us to do, he will meet our needs so we can do what he wants us to do. He will. All right, so let's look at verse number nine. As it is written, this comes from Psalm 112, it's a description of the righteous man. We could also say a description of a righteous woman, what they experience and what they do. It says, as it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. So a person who is righteous, a person who is following the Lord, a person who is seeking to live their lives the way the Lord wants them to, not only does God meet the needs, but he enables you to become generous. Okay, God is able to help you become generous. And that's, go ahead, if you go to that slide, Anthony, if you would. So this is what we see here, right? This righteous man, the one who's following the Lord, he's able to do what? Disperse. And by the way, that doesn't have to be just money. There's lots of things you can disperse, right? And spread abroad. And as it goes out there, it's going someplace. And there are ripples from this. It's going out. Uh, and so God enables the righteous person to do this. And, and again, this goes back into chapter 8. You don't need to look there. But in verse 9, when he talks about that Jesus being rich for your sakes became poor, right? He gave up something so that we might become rich in him and have a relationship with him. And so God will enable you to do that. He's able to help you become generous. So if it's in your heart to be generous, he's going to work in your life to help you. All right, let's look at verse number 10 now. Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food Supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So he starts off with God supplying a seed of the sower. And, and in an agricultural society, they you know, would understand this. The idea is that I have seeds to plant this year. Where did that come from? Well, from the plants of the previous year, but where did it really come from? It's not a trick question. From God himself. God is the one who has provided. God is the one enabled to have this seed. And because I have this seed and plant it, now I can have bread. We're talking about God meeting our needs. To do what he wants us to do. And part of that is to become generous. But so what's he say after that? So he's the one who supplied seed and so and bread for food. Now may he supply 
and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So here's the point, and I'll talk more about it. God is able to multiply your generosity and amplify its impact. When we determine to be generous, God can take that and accomplish much more than we expected. And so the picture here is this. Let's say that you had enough seed to produce 100, under normal circumstances, 100 bushels of wheat. Okay? And you sow that. But God says, you know what? You're getting 200 bushels a week this year. You know why? Because I know you. You're generous and you are going to multiply, right? You are going to spread that out. Isn't, isn't that a way of saying here? That he's multiplied the seed of your son and increased the fruits of your righteousness. So you're trying to live a generous life. Live the way the Lord wants you to here. And he's going to take it and do more than you can. We, you know, we see here's what God could do with this. But no, God can take it and multiply it. That sounds like a good deal, doesn't it? You know, I'm going to give $20 to something. God can take that 20 and as the ripple effect, change many people's lives forever. Forever. And I want to show something, share something with you. It's really interesting here. There at the beginning of verse 10, now may he who supplies Seed to the sower, and he who supplies bread for food, may he supply and multiply, all this, okay? That word supplies comes, it's translated from the Greek word from which we get the word choreograph. Choreography, right? The dance steps. Yeah, I remember that in my days, you know, and the musicals and stuff, the choreography. And so what this, this is the arranging it. And, and if you can think of that, like in a music with the dancing and how it occurs and people in and out and, and, and repetition and, and all this kind of stuff. When we purpose in our hearts before God, we're going to be generous and we're going to give what you put in our hearts. God choreographs everything that needs to happen for you to be able to do that. Isn't that cool to think about? He's choreographing. He's working in this person's heart. He's doing this here. He's doing that. I mean, you think about this. Do you remember the, the uh, uh, Israelites in the wilderness? They're out there in the wilderness for how many years? 40 years. And do you remember what it says about their clothing, their sandals, their clothing? It did not wear out. Anybody here wearing clothes you had 40 years ago? Some of us wish we could, right? <laughs> No. But see, God is what? Able to multiply and enable you to do more than you might have ever expected. And the Word tells us this, examples of it. The prophet Jeremiah, the Lord speaking through the prophet Jeremiah to his people who had experienced hardship and judgment of God, and he said, I'm going to do a great work in your life. So Jeremiah 33.3, he says, call to me and I will answer you. And show you what? Great and mighty things, which you do not know. You can only see this. I can do this. Right? And so uh, that's what's there for us. When God, so we're talking about God putting something in our heart to give, right? And maybe for you, it's the first time ever you've said, well, I want to look at the word. I find this principle of giving the first 10%. And I want to do that. I, I, I want to give that way. That would be very generous giving for me. 
How can I do that? And if I go look at my, I can't do that, I don't think. But you can. If God puts it in your heart. And maybe you'll have to make adjustments, but you can do that. Ephesians chapter 3, uh, the end of the chapter, Paul says this. Now to him who is able, talking about the Lord, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. What's he able to do? Exceeding abundantly. More than we can think. According to the power, his power that works in us, to him be glory in the church. And again, see, God is going to do this. He's going to enable you, not just so you can do it, not just so you will be blessed, but you will. But because why? He's going to be glorified in it. Every time God changes someone's life because they choose to surrender to him and trust him and and engage with him from the heart, every time that happens, God gets seen in that person's life. He gets seen in your life and my life. And when God is seen, he is what? Glorified. This is a good thing. And he, he can do that and he will do that. Now, let me set this next one up before you put it up there, Anthony. Hang on. So Israel... Uh, I don't remember which king it was now. But Israel had been um, attacked by enemy armies that were way bigger than theirs. And their experience was that God intervened. And God protected them. And God enabled them to defeat this enemy and drive this enemy away. He had done this. I mean, it was overwhelming odds in the story. Well, it was just a few years later that they found themselves in a, in a situation like this again, where an army was coming. It wasn't nearly as big, but for some reason, the king decided to strike a deal with these enemies and to, to give them treasures out of the house of God to sort of buy them off in a treaty. All right? And... Uh, they didn't trust God. And here's what God said to this king after he had done this. In 2 Chronicles 16, 9, he says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. And the rest of the verse says, You have done foolishly, and that you did not trust me. Now you're going to have war. But catch the vision for this. God says that he is looking through the world. He's looking here today. He's looking at my heart and your heart and all of us and through the whole world. He's looking for people whose hearts are engaged with him, right? Like we're talking about this whole thing of generosity. Engaging your heart with God. God, I want what you want. I want to, I want to honor you. I want you to be glorified in my life. I want to do the things that you, you're putting in my heart to do. I want this. God is looking for people like this. Because he wants to show himself strong in your life. There's no way in the world I can give this. If I think about it, I can't figure this out. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I can't do this. God is looking for people who will say, God, I can't do this. But you are able. You have put this in my heart. I am going to do it. He's looking for people like that. And then he can work in your life. God's stirring my heart about some things, and I don't know quite yet how that's all going to come together, but it's going to require God to do something. But then I go to this verse, he says, he's looking for people like that. Is God able to do this? 
Is he able? He's able. We know that. We have to say, is our heart loyal to him? Are we going to yield to him? Are we going to go with him on what he puts in our hearts when it comes to giving or doing? And in Jeremiah 32, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Can we answer the question? Is there anything too hard for God? No. No. I mean, if God can save us, right? We who are born with this terrible bent towards sin, doing our own thing in life, and and he loved us enough to send his son and die on the cross, paying the penalty for that, rising from the dead. He says, I can save you. I'm able. You just need to turn to me. You need to receive my son as Savior. You need to trust me. I forgive every sin and give you eternal life and move in. And move into your heart and begin working there. If, if he can do that, can he do the rest of this? He can. God is able to empower you. In fact, let's, let's look here. Let's go to verse 11. Kind of got ahead of myself here. Verse 11. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality. Okay, so this is that God is able to empower you to be increasingly generous in every area of life. You meet the need, he can help you to be generous. He can multiply the impact of your generosity and he is able to help you become more and more and more of a generous person. And it's gonna spill out in different places. If you're becoming generous in your giving, it's gonna spill out into how you look at your time and, and your abilities. If you're being generous in your time, it may spill out into your giving, into, right? But we become increasingly generous people. Do you realize that when we become increasingly generous, we're becoming more and more like Jesus? This is part of growing to be like the Lord. Becoming a generous person. So let's, let's go through these verses quickly here. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, so he's going to increase the impact and he's also going to enable you to give freely, whatever that amount is. Right? And, and, and we talked about last year, if, if God gives you very little, you're probably going to give little, aren't you? It's just the way it is. If he gives you a lot, you'll give a lot. But the idea is, he says, you're gonna, he's going to enrich you so you can give freely. And then he says, what to do? It which causes thanksgiving through us to God. This is what I was saying a little bit ago. It isn't just about me giving and about that making a difference out here. God is glorified. People thank God. People turn to the Lord when we are generous people. It leads them to do that. Verse 12, for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. Again, when we are generous, it gets pointed to God. While through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God. See, there it is again. They glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. And by their prayer for you. So now people are praying for each other who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you, what they have seen, what they have experienced in in you and your generosity. Man, the ripple effect is big, isn't it? It really is big. Where does it start? With me, with you. And we look at our lives and say, okay, God, first principle, my life is yours. My life is yours. Now what do you want me to do? The Apostle Paul, the day that he received Christ as Savior, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? All right. And then the idea of the second principle that we begin to see the world the way God says it is, crucial. 
And then we engage with God on this from the heart. And then what we discover is that God will enable us to do whatever he leads us to do. And he's looking for people who will step out in faith like that. Brings us to the final verse. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, the Lord Jesus, and all that we have because of it. We sang about it today. Father, thank you that we can come before you humbly and and be open and honest with you and honest with ourselves before you and acknowledge those uh, places in our lives that aren't aligned with, with you and your word and your character and all the things that need to be uh, need to be different, Lord. So we confess those things to you and thank you for the forgiveness that we have in you. And I pray that you will stir our hearts and minds as we partake of this symbol today of your son's death for us. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Go out and live generous lives this week.